we have all these unresolved trauma and loops and insecurities and limiting beliefs kind of created because of what's happened to us growing up. And so when we start to become an adult and go into the dating world, what happens is we subconsciously will try to recreate the trauma to close the loop. Welcome back to the Empath and Narcissist podcast, Spiritual Healing with Human Design, Spirituality from Trauma and Narcissistic Abuse. Here we are empowering empaths into their power and authentic self with human design after narcissistic abuse. It is here as a tool to help you bust out of the prison of narcissistic abuse, of being a victim from narcissistic abuse, and it allows you to be the architect for your own joy and peace in your life. Subscribe now. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. It's amazing. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. Melissa Hyman, you guys, is a co-founder for the Center for Healing, where they help coaches, therapists, and everyday people turn trauma into triumph. And in this episode, we're going to learn the missing link in understanding trauma and how trauma-informed manifesting is linked to the law of attraction. Before mm -hmm. we get into that amazingness, tell us, Melissa, a little bit of your backstory and experience yourself with a narcissist. Yeah, definitely. So I can go way back to <laughs> when I was two and a half, three years old and my parents divorced, right? And this, this can be a really impactful moment in a child's life. And so what happened was my parents got new partners and they just so both happen to be narcissists lucky for me not <laughs> so yeah Two so step parents that are narcissists yes oh and my yes so I kind of grew up like I was like a, a really good baby really quiet you know really good little girl didn't cause any trouble or anything but somehow I was at the attack of the narcissist you know because I became number I am number one I guess when you have a child and you come into a new relationship your child is still number one so they were not happy with that mm -hmm. so unfortunately I was the focus of jealousy and just being attacked and projections and things like that so my my mum partnered with something someone that was an alcoholic that ended up being domestic violence they had two little ones and yeah, that, that was really difficult. And then my stepmother, so my, when my dad reparted, my stepmother, she was just your classic narcissist. Like everything is about her. You're annoying, like, and everything that you do is wrong, sabotaging, getting jealous of a child, like these kind of things. And so I, on wherever I lived, I didn't feel safe. You know? Yeah. And they, yeah. Hard. And, and then if I kind of look at it uh, in a bigger picture, my both of my parents had so many insecurities that they allowed themselves to be with a narcissist. They were unaware. And this created me not getting emotional support as well on either side. And just to add to that, and um, I was alone at I was a loner at school. I got bullied. So literally everywhere I was, I didn't feel safe. 
and I was very disassociated. My mum would say I would space out all the time. And yeah, it was just this like, I wasn't safe anywhere. I, I didn't feel comfortable anywhere. I'd, I And later in life, that really looked like I couldn't have deep relationships with anyone. I had a lot of betrayal trauma. I couldn't trust anyone, you know? So that's kind of like my upbringing to put it in a nutshell. So I'm a little <laughs> quiet Aquarius projector empath, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just, okay. you know, trying to be good and yeah you said projector really in there do you know your human design I do I know a little yeah. bit not to okay. probably the degree, the degree that you do because I haven't yeah. fully studied it but I have had a couple of readings and I am a yeah HD projector 5-1 and that's about as much as I know I know I can only work three or four hours a day I've, I've been in the, on like kind of the deconditioning journey and I'm to guide others energies and things like that so that's actually really helped me with our business success, actually, knowing human design and some of my behaviors and my partners as well. He's a manifester. So, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. all we could go into. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. So you had, yeah, I mean, on top of the conditioning of even that, of not being understood as a projector child, you've got parents who just were so, they were competing for your love. And yeah, so you were always being pushed aside and not having those needs met yeah and of course that always affects our dating relationships so then how did that how did that play out in your adulthood or becoming yeah, so exactly so that trauma that that relational trauma that we have growing up definitely creates our blueprint of our romantic relationships later on if, if we don't become aware and so what happens is and it's and it's really it, it tricks us so what happens is that we have all these unresolved trauma and loops and insecurities and limiting beliefs kind of created because of what's happened to us growing up and so when we start to become an adult and go into the dating world what happens is we subconsciously will try to recreate the trauma to close the loop so I'll, I'll I'll put it in a different context it's called trauma reenactment and what we do is we go well my dad didn't fully give me all the attention that I needed and my dad didn't fully love me or give me yeah just that support or validation right and so we'll unconsciously go with a partner who we feel the same. We So the feeling that we had with our father, we feel the same with this person. Now, consciously, we think I am so attracted to this person. There's a really strong like emotion coming up here. That's literally our subconscious and our uh, unconscious mind and body pulling us to come into this relationship, these really strong emotions into this relationship. We, we think they're the one, we ignore the red flags, right they speak to our insecurities they and again it's like very unconscious like they they do things that remind us of the unresolved trauma with our parents so we get into this relationship it's very intense it's very full-on there's you know could be love bombing and things like that but we're just like besotted by this person and again the red flags are coming up we're not seeing it yes one day we wake up and we realize what is happening here like what what have I put up with but what's happening is our, our body and our mind are trying to heal and close the loop. If that person finally gives us validation, if that person finally 
stops going hot and cold, if that person finally says sorry, right, then we've healed our childhood trauma. Again, we're not conscious that this is why we're going into this relationship. And so I literally, like my mum watched her dad be an alcoholic abusive. I watched her get into that and I hated him. Like, and I was a teenager and I was like, whatever. What happened when I went out on my own when I was 18? I met someone. I didn't realize that I met someone that was similar. And I was like, yes, my body was like, yes. No matter what my friends said to me, whatever, I didn't listen. I was so drawn to this person like a magnet, right? It's, it's a real magnetic, like a trauma bond. And I went into it and then I ended up being unhappy and feeling all the feelings I used to feel. But again, I didn't realize at some point I'm like, I need to move out. So I was a bit scared of this person. I happened to work for a removalist at the time, which was helpful. And over three months, I secretly was moving stuff in all the cupboards so I can do a quick run out when he was out. So Mm -hmm. I did that and everything was separated. And then I got the removalist truck to come. There was all these big guys that came and helped. Um, My partner at the time, he was at playing footy and so I which is football or AFL <laughs> you're for your American listeners not soccer but like it's a weird shape ball yeah <laughs> anyway yeah and they came and they packed up and the, and of course the narcissist does come groveling and crying and whatever when when he realized yeah like on my fi- yeah sorry yeah oh yeah then he realized it was yeah it was really real it just yeah yeah. And so I did all that. And then I, but I didn't heal anything from that. And I went on with my life a little bit. And then I was in and out of relationships. I had addictions. I had all these things going on. I was just trying to cope. I was just trying to feel okay. Keeping people at arm's length, breaking up with people before they could break up with me, very insecure, looking for validation, etc. Then I don't know what happened, but I ended up getting back with him. <laughs> I don't oh my God, like what, like, and I still didn't have the awareness at the time. I was just trying to get my basic needs met. It's better the devil, you know, a bit of security. I had that intense attraction again. And so, yeah, I ended up back in it. And luckily the universe sent me someone else. And anyway, it was like, I started cheating on him and I left him and I was with this other guy. Then he dropped me because he, this guy was also like pulling on some other traumas like I didn't realize and filling in what that guy wasn't anyway I just remember this day I'd moved out again this time I had to sell a house I moved out again I was sitting in my little one-bedroom apartment and I was like you know that meme where it's like maybe it's me (laughs) like not that I'm not good enough not that I'm not valuable not that I'm not not that I'm not worthy of love it's like maybe I'm actually creating the this this pattern Like, where is this coming from? And so that was like my rock bottom moment. You know, at that time on the outside, my life looked okay, but I was smoking a lot of weed. I was drinking a lot of wine. I was very much in this victim kind of, and we are definitely victims. I'm not taking away we can be victims because I've watched domestic violence. Like I know, but I was always like that though. That was the issue. I was always like waiting for someone to save me. I was always waiting for someone to act in a way to make me feel better and me feel good. And I'm like, I think I need to talk to someone. You know, I'm someone that pretended everything was okay, hyper independent. You know, I had no emotional support. So I was always like putting on a mask, like everything's awesome. Society tells us we've got to be happy all the time, like all that crap. But I'm like, you know what? I need some help. Like how have I ended up here again? What is going on? 
I think I was about, I don't know, 26 at the time. Contacted someone through a friend and went in for a session. I didn't realize how transformative it would be. So I was like upset about the breakup, heartbroken, all this has happened, the patterns. This guy, this this therapist took me back and I went to the root causes. I went to, it was because when my parents split up, it's because of all the domestic violence that I watched. And I was like, wow, I have created this in an effort to heal this trauma. I have actually unconsciously created these patterns to happen. And it was so empowering because it was like, I am not as a child, we're not in control, but as an adult, I'm the cause of what's happening and I can change that. And it was such an empowering moment. And it was like, I had my awakening. I walked out of that session, even the colors and the sky were brighter. Like it was incredible. And I, at the time I was like, looking to start my own business anyway. And I was like, this is it. And I went and studied and I resigned from my job. And that was like nearly nine years ago. And here we are still today, kind of still helping people heal and things like that. So that was like, that was the journey. And, you know, for part, for part of that, and I have to say in relationships, I was a narcissist sometimes, you know, I think we can label ourselves as I was a victim of the narcissist, but I look at the other relationships that didn't go well. And I was a real, I don't know if I can swear on here, but a B-T-I-C-H. Yeah, I was, you can go for it. Yeah. I was a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so good to say it. I was such a, I was such a bitch. I was controlling. I'd keep people at arm's length. I would be hot and cold, all the things that I was taught to do. And I think mm. sometimes we don't own those parts. I had to own those parts and even getting like I'm kind of sidetracking here, but getting into a healthy relationship was hard for me and I would push them away because it didn't feel like what I saw. It didn't feel like normal to me, even if drama and chaos is normal. It's like our nervous system, you know, gets changed based on this is normal, even if it's not healthy, you know. Yeah. And it's like when you're in that constant fight or flight, especially when you're conditioned in that as a child, it does it do something? Does it change the chemistry in your nervous system for you to think, well, this is normal and the normal people who are healthy are boring and like losers, kind of like in a weird way. Yeah. Yes. And I was a total rebel at school and I'm like, they're losers. They're like just doing what they're meant to do. Little did I know. I was rule followers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So our nervous system, even from when we're in the womb and we can feel the environment that our mother is in and we can actually hear the thoughts that she's having, which by the way, made my pregnancy so hard because I was so aware of all of this. You're even in the fetus is getting ready from the environment that it's coming out into. So the nervous system is already wiring from inside the womb from like about four or five months inside the womb. Mm-hmm. and it's and it's biologically like neuroplasticity which is great because this can all be undone by the way through healing but through neuroplasticity the nervous system does change for that this is normal I have to be in fight and flight or I have to be activated to survive because 
we can treat children however we want to treat them and they will still love us and stay next to us even if we physically emotionally abuse them because they need us for survival and so to put up with that they will shut down parts of themselves they will mask they will disassociate from the present moment because they purely need to do that for survival and unfortunately what happens is we do bring that into adulthood and like I said what feels normal is to have that those environments recreated so it feels normal even if it's unhealthy to our nervous system but when we start to heal and become aware of all this it's very confronting but it can be rewired and so for example when I got got into the relationship with my partner who's a very healthy safe loving partner sometimes I still flinch when I don't need to when he's just being so sweet I remember it was last week he smiled at me from the other side of the room just really sweet and I'm like what like I thought there was something behind I'm like I'm so sorry that was just like my automatic reaction like what, what what's wrong with me unfortunately and I said and I had to sit with that and talk to him about it and process it and I feel like tearing up now because he's so sweet and safe but at the start I was like this relationship's kind of boring like I'm not getting activated. It's not dramatic. There's not a huge roller coaster. But then I had to remind my nervous system, no, this is healthy and this is okay. It should feel a little bit boring and safe. (laughs) And I had to regulate my nervous system to make that the new normal. And I still continue to do that in all areas of my life. I don't have to create drama with money. I don't have to create drama with my, my friends, my loved ones. It's okay if everything's like smooth and you have moments of ups and downs. So I've had to rewire my brain and my my nervous system to allow that to come in and to actually accept a healthy relationship, you know? Yeah. And it takes time and it takes practice. Like I just recently, I was talking on the podcast about how all of this is like going to the gym. You can't just go in and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to bench press hundred pounds. Like if you've never done yeah. it. And it's the same thing with this whole being able to you know, connect with your, your partner in a healthy way and to stop having those weird, like knee-jerk reactions. You're like, that was so weird. I'm so sorry. He was like, what is going on? And that's what happened to me too, where I'll be afraid to say something because of the reaction in the past, it would always be a backlash, right? Yes. It's this constant rewiring and reconditioning that, okay, I'm safe. Definitely. And I just want you to like imagine this in your mind, like you switching places. And at the start of my relationship, it was like I had the narcissistic traits because I had been so hurt. So I would be reactive, emotionally unstable. I would say like really derogatory things to him. It would just come out of my mouth. And he he is such a beautiful, empathetic guy. And he was always trying to make everyone around him feel comfortable and he was so sweet and he would like put push away his own needs and put mine first he would never say no and I was just like still that like I was a bit of a bitch it's been really interesting though because I had to help him to experience anger and expect anger and boundaries and so over our eight-year relationship it's got it's gone from I've become a massive softy now and he's become like, he can, he, I wouldn't say he's a narcissist, but he stands up for himself. He says, no, he'll say what he's thinking. He'll give me crap. Like all of this, sometimes I'm like, go babe. Like, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> and I'm, I've become not so much, I guess, 
I'm very much more empathetic, very much more aware of my role in the relationship, much more considerate of him. What happens when you go through a lot of trauma? You're all about you and self-protection. Now I can expand my awareness and be much more considerate right? Even it's just things around the house, you know, leaving things in certain spots to make it easier for him. This is a big deal for me. I've had to self-protect for so long. And so we've had this beautiful journey together of like kind of switching roles and coming out on the other end. But like you said, it's a journey. Like I've been doing intense healing work for eight years and it's still things that come up. And I appreciate that I will probably do it till I'm a hundred, you know what I mean? Or however long I live for, because when we, when a narcissist says you need to work on yourself, you need to go get help and you need to heal, we approach healing with like there's something wrong with me and I need to heal. Whereas we should be approaching it with this new and like empowered empaths and kind of like, I love myself so much that I'm going to heal. I know I'm so worthy of this healing to make myself feel happier and find inner peace you know, and, and, and being a little bit selfish, but in a good way, that's a whole journey in itself, as you probably know. And, and, you know, yeah. podcast is all about really. I love that you said that because that's, that's exactly it. It's like, you're not working on yourself to get validation, to be loved, to finally stop the drama in the relationship. You're working on yourself because it's good for you. It's like, you're, you're doing it for your peace and your joy yeah. and that's that's the journey once you really discover like oh like I was able to rewrite that I was able to strengthen that emotional skill <clears throat> and I didn't like have a panic attack because in the past I would have if I let my subconscious take over then yeah that, that feels really good like you're empowered yourself so like okay I want to work on myself some more because that was really awesome and it, it's like you said it's for you and then it does yeah. trickle out to people around you but you're really just doing it for your own peace of mind yeah and we're taught not to do that especially as women like everything is about everyone else feeling comfortable doing everything for everyone else where mm -hmm. it's like yeah part of our deconditioning is going no what will work best for me and and this does come back to hd like what would work best for me what is going to be best for my energy you know and that means yeah. that you have to have boundaries stand up for yourself and say no i need to we need to sleep in our own bedrooms because I'm a projector. I don't want to soak in your <laughs> auric field the whole night, you know, and to be, yeah, like you said, to be able to say no and things like that is like, it can be huge where in the past we're like shaking, you know, because all of our identity and our insecurities laying on this, what this person says or how they're treating us. And, and then it cuts we, as we do go do the healing journey and come back to ourselves and go, you know what, I I'm sorry that, that you, my inner child, had to go through what you went through. I'm so sorry that you went through that. And I'm going to be here for you and stand up for you and advocate for you and create boundaries for you going forward. Because when we get activated in our relationships now, it is triggering us when we were children and we regress back into a child. And it, and, and it can feel like that in a narcissistic relationship where we're like all of a sudden we feel like a three-year-old and they're our parent. We should not feel like that. And in, in a relationship, I've learned that we're meant to feel mutual respect. We're on the same level. There's a, a feeling of safety and that we can safely express ourselves. But that starts within here with us being able to do it with ourselves, you know, and then bring it into the relationship. And unfortunately, and sometimes fortunately, 
that will ruin a relationship if it started as a trauma bond and we heal that trauma, all of a sudden we don't need them anymore. <laughs> 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 it sounds terrible, does it? But, you know. Well, it's like it's when you happens. grow, you, sometimes the other person won't grow with you. So therefore you branch off into your own road and they just can't follow because they haven't done the work or they don't want to do the work and then they stay where they're That's at right. and you've moved on. Yeah, and we can say thank you for being a part of that journey, playing out that role in my life and allowing for the um, repressed trauma and healing to occur. And for some people, they go away and do their own work and they can come back on the same level. And for some people, it's just so toxic and unrequired that they can create space for someone wonderful to come into their life. Yeah. Yeah. And so that all links to the law of attraction, right? Like what you're attracting is closing that loop. You're trying to close that unresolved trauma loop versus you you consciously working on yourself, correct? Yeah. So when I first started learning about manifesting, as a lot of us, did we watch The Secret or read The Secret? And I was like, this is like just when I left my ex as well the first time and I was like, positive thinking, have whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. And I did, I manifested buying a house when I was 21. I got a sports car, all these things, right? But I kept being positive and I wasn't willing to have the hard conversations. I wasn't willing to go deep into my relationships. I wasn't willing to think anything negative about my bank account or look at it. What happened? Lost the house, lost a friend, had no money, ended up back with the narcissist, right? And so I was like, manifesting gets chucked in the bin. That's a load of whatever. Then I went down as I kind of explained the whole road of like trauma, trauma healing, inner child work and everything like that. And which I did for like the last, I don't know, eight years or nine years. And then I kind of got reintroduced to manifesting when we will try to grow our business um, with a business coach. And I was like, yes, there are some elements that are good, but I feel like we need to have some trauma awareness in it because it's like say for example I want to manifest my ideal relationship but as soon as you think of relationships your brain and your body goes back to every single time you had a failed relationship and goes I don't want that so you can put on your vision board write down the list of you know the man that you want to attract but if you have trauma in your nervous system there will be so many red flags that you will sabotage any chance of that happening Okay, or you will manifest it and then you'll sabotage the relationship because you can't hold the manifestation because your nervous system is like, this is uncomfortable. Again, what we're saying at the start, like this feels too boring. This is like this, you start finding things that are wrong with them because you haven't dealt with your trauma and your insecurities within yourself and done the healing work on what you witnessed growing up potentially. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where it all links in together. So yes, law of attraction, think about what you want, but also is your nervous system and body on board? Because the action steps, I say it's 50% the universe, 50% us taking action. The action steps that you need to take that your soul, your intuition says, yeah, you can have that, what you put on your vision board, but you need to do this. If our body is not on board, then we won't take the action and we will sabotage right? We literally, like our, our, our 
behaviors are driven by our emotions. And if we have negative emotions and we don't want to feel negative emotions because we're not connected to our body because of what we're being through, we will avoid anything that may bring up a negative emotion. So say for you, Raven, if your next step is to do public speaking, all of a sudden your body is like, oh my God, I remember when I was at school and everyone laughed at me and my, oh my God, my brain's shutting down, just thinking about it. You're not going to take that opportunity if it comes in or you're not going to create that event for you to go and speak at because your body is freaking out so much, you'll sabotage it. And then you'll think, oh, this isn't aligned. This isn't what the universe wants. It's all excuses. It's just your body doesn't feel safe. So if we choose the goal that we want and then do the trauma healing around it, the actualization of that goal and that manifestation is going to be so much easier, mm. so much more flow and more likely to come in and keep it. Like we were able to manifest a lot of money, but where was it going? Right. It was like disappearing. So I did a session with someone and they helped me to discover that because my partner was a drug addict and he hasn't used or anything in so many years, but subconsciously I was scared that if we made any kind of profit that he would become a drug addict again. Now this wasn't a conscious thought that I had. Yeah. This just all of a sudden came up as I was like, what is blocking me actually making a profit? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wow, what? Literally like our, our income went from $30,000 to $50,000 within two weeks, just from shifting that that fear that I had in my body that I wasn't even yeah. consciously aware of. Like, yeah. yeah. Mind-blowing. It is. And it's difficult to know how. Maybe it seems like it's mystical or magical. Like, how do you pinpoint it? But I think it's as simple also as, like, just sitting down and facing it or, like, pulling it out, right? Bring, like, when you clean a closet, you have to take everything out to clean it and make it organized. Yeah, so I would say that for those of you that are listening that you're like in a stressful situation right now, like you're in a narcissistic relationship and things like that, we're not doing the manifesting stuff in that. You've got to get out of that. You've got to get into safety, a safe environment because you are in survival mode and your nervous system is in fight and flight. So we're not manifesting from fight and flight because we'll probably create more of that, right? You need to <laughs> Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Look into that. You need that foundation. You need to feel safe first. Then, and something that I went through was I was so disconnected from my body and my emotions because I had no emotional support growing up. I didn't know how to process an emotion. No one sat down and said, how are you feeling? How is your day? Or like, how do you feel about that? There was nothing. And so I had to learn to do that. I had to learn to sit in my body and let myself feel an emotion and know it's not going to kill me or not reach for eating or cigarettes or alcohol or weed or heroin or whatever I was doing to try not to feel. So the first step is like slowly baby steps, learning to feel your body and these blocks in your feelings in your body. Okay. So once you start to go, okay, yeah, I'm feeling angry. That's interesting. I'm feeling hurt. That's interesting without lashing out on anyone or um, having an addiction. That's the first step. Second step is like, I, I want to manifest a house, but to buy a house. Now, if I was to feel in my body right now and kind of scan my body, my body's like, no, no, you've bought and sold two houses before. They were linked to narcissistic relationships that you left and very hard times that you went through in stressful times. So hell no, you're not buying a house again, my body says. I'm going to protect you from that. It's going into my body. 
feeling those emotions, breathing with it. Like we suggest working one-on-one with someone that knows how to work with trauma and somatically. And we, we have a practitioner directory for that, but because we, that's what we do. We train practitioners and we certify practitioners all over the world in how to do this with people safely. And so having someone safe that you can be in a container with the stuff will start coming up and you can start to, whatever we do to help release it, whether it's doing breath work, whether it's just feeling it, whether it's doing regression and and doing the trauma healing, we're starting to shift the negative emotions like out of our body, basically that are the holding that information that's trying to protect us when we don't need protecting. It's like, yes, of course, we need to feel scared when we go to cross the road, there's a car coming. We need emotions are good. All emotions are good. But if they're not serving us anymore and we are in a different environment, our body doesn't know that. We need to let it know that, okay, I'm in a new environment. You know, I'm in a new relationship or I'm in a new housing situation where it is actually safe now. And it's about letting our body know that and rewiring that, that I'd, I'd say they're like the three main components, learning how to feel, knowing it's okay to feel, learning how to start processing it, and then building safety within yourself, that, that capacity in your environment and within, that it's safe to be in your body in the, in the present moment. That's, that's key, that safety. And we can only give ourselves safety. We can't depend on someone else for safety. So I love that. It's a beautiful process. Now that goes back to my very first question, that one topic about the missing link in trauma. Is it that? Is it sitting with it? Or did we, is there some other missing link that we didn't touch on? That is definitely like the missing, yeah, the missing link is definitely working with our emotions. I think that a lot of us, especially a lot of us that have been through trauma, we try to intellectualize everything with our mind and our thoughts and psychoanalyze um, everything <laughs> analyze everything I've got to think my way out of this situation yeah. all of that but a lot of our thoughts are coming from our past pain and only things that we know and our emotions are so much more powerful than our actual thoughts in terms of how we take action right and so if we can shift the build-up of what we've suppressed our whole lives then we can start to become clear like for me I was so bottled up with all so many emotions and so disconnected from feeling safe in the present moment. Like I failed school. I was told I was dumb, all of these things. And when I started to work with and uh, trauma and shift those emotions out of the trauma, not just talk about it conceptually, like actually go back into the moment where these things happen and shift the emotions all of a sudden I'm like, am I a genius? <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually really yeah. smart. I think everyone is really smart, but they're just like got brain fog from all this, the emotions that they've bottled up their whole lives. And so mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about talking about that because it's such a huge driver. I'll just give you guys like a little, like a side thing. It's that our nervous system, the, the neurons in our nervous system, the messages 80% of them are going up from our body into our brain. So how we feel is affecting every decision and thought we have, like 80% of our lives is driven by how we feel. Only 20% is driven by our thoughts, the messages going down. So we can't think ourselves to feel better. We can't think ourselves out of situations always. And so being able to feel safe in our body and work with that, that is definitely like the emotions are the missing link, being able to shift those um, bottled up emotions, completing the process of 
in terms of trauma, it's like mm-hmm. uh, some people think of trauma like, oh, there was a car accident, sexual trauma. Yes, they are all definitely, definitely traumas or ongoing trauma, you know, being in war, being in a abusive relationship, 100%. But trauma is really just when when we were little or it can even be passed down generationally, we're in an environment where we can't say how we feel, where we can't, we weren't taught how to feel our feelings. We didn't have that co-regulation of someone safe sitting with us and getting us to talk it out. It didn't complete or a moment where we felt so unsafe, even with our caregiver, that we had to shut ourselves down. And so all that's happening is the emotion that should be running through our body in like 90 seconds gets locked in and locked in. So what we're doing in trauma healing or any kind of work is finishing that process that wasn't finished, finishing the emotion coming out, finishing being able to say what we wish we could say, you know, and reparenting ourselves and have like having our own back. So yeah, emotions are everything. And when when I was initially taught about how to heal, it was all about reframing, but it pushed down the emotions further. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. It feels like we're we're like still pushing away our emotions. So the when I created root cause therapy, it was like actually groundbreaking because it was like, yeah, completing the emotions and completing that to the point of, oh, when I have this filter of like everyone hates me. And I make a strong belief that everyone hates me because my parent, I feel like my parents hate me. That belief that I carry my whole life and I create situations which confirm that evidence that everyone hates me. If I actually go back to that moment and release the hurt and pain and get rid of that filter of the strong emotion, you know, when you're emotional, you make bad decisions, right? That's what yeah. we do in the trauma. We make really strong decisions about ourselves in the world. Completing and releasing that filter goes, oh, no, there was nothing wrong with me. They were just projecting their own stuff. They, they, you know, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm perfect. And all of a sudden this wisdom and clarity comes in. And I think a lot of people are scared to do trauma healing because they're worried they're just going to be exposed to stuff that happened to them. And then they're just going to have PTSD from it. That's not what we do. We're like, okay, let's fully complete the process that didn't happen and hold space so that what did that little boy, little girl need? in that moment when you do that all of a sudden you don't put up with shit in relationships when you're older you don't put up with shit you know in your in your new relationships you speak your truth because you've learned you've reparented yourself you know sorry I did go on a little bit of a tangent there aside from your <laughs> question that about tangent. is that the key? That's a great tangent. <laughs> <laughs> tangents yeah. are always worth it so awesome yeah. tell us about that um your your links to your free offerings and where people can find you yeah so you know we've had so much success in our healing so we had a healing center in melbourne where we help people with mental health and addiction with our alternative methods because we found that mainstream does a lot of talk therapy it doesn't go very deep so our way to help people was trauma healing so we we grew that to a fairly big team and then in the last four and a half years we moved online and we trained practitioners and we attract a lot of practitioners obviously but we also educate people on learning to and starting to get to know their bodies and starting to understand trauma through a different lens to help themselves so we do have a bunch of free courses so it if you go to the centerforhealing.com forward slash free dash courses and it's 
Australian Centre, so C-N-T-R-E, but I'm sure if you Google it, it will come up. And we'll put it in the show notes, I'm sure. Then, yeah, there's like understanding trauma, understanding your relationship with yourself. We do have a free trauma-informed certification for people that are either teachers or counsellors or practitioners in the space. Even just parents take it to be more trauma-informed. You know, our trauma gets passed down to our children. So when they have certain reactions we can see okay what is actually happening here and how can I best hold space and break these generational cycles so we wanted to create a massive impact so the, a lot of the courses are free they I, love can that. Yeah. I love that that your center and your online presence is like a full expression of your profile like five is the expansion of like pushing beyond the boundaries, like five is the genius. Like everyone thinks they're crazy, but you're the genius. Like this, like <laughs> go be like outside the box, like yeah. get like the full fruition of what the trauma should be doing and how to like, how to heal it. Just to talk about it and reframe it, like go all the way through. And then your line one is the investigator, which is all about information, education. So you have these courses and certifications. So that's really beautiful to see. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I've got like goosebumps. You just saying that. Cause yeah, it's been such a long journey of finding my purpose and being able to guide others. And yeah, of course I've get that bitterness when people don't take my advice. I've got to wait till people give me the, you know, the invitation. Wait for the invitation. <laughs> you know, we all get caught in it sometimes, but thank you so much. And yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, and it does, you know, as a projector, I'm meant to help, I, I guess, other people to handle their energy and things like that. And so yeah. I'm like, and like you said, I'm like, do you know what? Like, this is a system. I'm going to infiltrate the system and change it because I, like, I was dying when I was doing nine to five, I was dying. And so like, I was like, I feel like my soul's dying even before I was like spiritual. I'm like, this is not right. We should be able to eat when our body needs to eat. We should be able to, you know, be fully creative and, and have a nap if we need to have a nap. And so, you know, with our courses, we do provide like all the business training, like everything that we did to set up our, our, our business. And yeah, when I, when I look at that, like you said, I really feel like, oh, I'm really doing the projector thing pretty good. Totally. Think people guide their energy or, and guide the totally. energy in their body as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like challenging the system and yeah. being that expansive projector. Yeah. The wise guide. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. When I see people, I'm like, yes, this is totally their energy. They're in alignment <laughs> and it's so cool. Thanks. very cool so thank you so much melissa for being here i think we all really uh, learned so much from it i know so many listeners have probably got, had so many aha moments while listening so definitely um your link will be in the show notes yes so thanks again for being here thank you so much it's been an absolute honor thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this podcast episode and being an empath member here in the community if you want to grab a free copy of my new book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, a Human Design Guidebook, and a mini personalized human design reading, click the link in the description. Be sure to listen to the Empath and Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback on Amazon. It is a profound exploration of my journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. The link is in the show notes.